Welcome back to the Amazing Humans podcast. This is a podcast where you get to hear life stories of amazing humans. I'm your host, Marie Palmer. (laughs) I hope after listening, you will feel inspired, motivated, and fired up to find your inner amazing human because, spoiler alert, we've all got one. Let's jump in to this episode with our guest, Gail Gilliland. So we'll just hop right in. Welcome to the Amazing Human Series, Gail. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for being on the podcast and thanks for wanting to tell the people your story a little bit. You are welcome. I'm very excited. Awesome. So let's start uh, maybe at the beginning. Where did you grow up? <laughs> um, <laughs> where did I grow up? I grew up in Phoenix in Arizona. Cool. And... But I was born in California, so I was born in San Francisco. And then we moved to Phoenix when I was, like, two, I think. Um, And the the way my mom tells it is they were – my dad is originally from Northern Ireland. And so at the time, they were trying to decide if they were going to move to Phoenix, uh, where my mom's family was, or if they were going to move to Northern Ireland, where my dad's family was. Wow. And and they decided to um, go to Phoenix because that was, like, in – I think probably in, like – 90 91 so northern ireland was not a great place to move to okay at that point so yeah hmm. that's cool yeah so you're half irish i guess yes cool very cool that explains the hair and the <laughs> skin tone so actually the hair part is funny the hair comes from my mom's side oh wow yeah, I know, right? Um, and it's uh, the red hair is actually from is from Scotland, and um, then even farther back, and it actually, like, it skips I think like every two or three generations. So about every hundred years, my hair color comes up in my mom's side. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, very cool. Yeah. So from Phoenix, Arizona, to where? Where did you go? Like for college or university? I actually stayed in Phoenix. Okay. Um, I got a full ride on academics to Arizona State. Wow. And um, graduated with a bachelor's of science and engineering in construction management. Oh, wow. And um, yeah. Hmm. So. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's I didn't go anywhere for college. That's not what you do today at all. <laughs> Wait, what? That's not what you do today at all. Actually, I, it. I kind of is. It's really okay. funny because I, I'm working on how I talk about what I do so that people have a better understanding. Yeah. Um, but because most of the time when someone, um, from what I understand, when someone asks someone who knows me, what do I do? They don't know how to answer, which is a problem, you yeah. know, because that means like referrals and things are really hard for, to, for people to give me because they don't actually know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But um, though, when I graduated, I graduated in... I did it in three and a half years. So I graduated in December of 09. I'm very young. And um, <laughs> get that out of the way right now. Yeah. And um, it was right when the construction industry tanked in Phoenix. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, you know, I was graduating with a degree, like I had a job offer I could have taken, but at the time um, I'd already had two kids. And so I wasn't willing to walk into a job where I was going to be working 50, 60 hour weeks. and um with like a brand new baby and just all these things Mm -hmm. 
so I um, did other stuff. I worked in accounting and human resources for a company in Phoenix um, that I'd actually grown up working in um, and still was able to stay in the industry, but did human resources and accounting instead, um, but within the construction industry, which was cool. I liked that. Okay. Um, and then when we moved, now we live an hour north of Pittsburgh. Um, when we moved here, it was, I, I could not get a job to save my life. Um, it was really, really frustrating. Um, and at least a job that would support a family of four. And then as we would find out a later, a family of five, um, <laughs> you know, yay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I just like all along, I had been trying to figure out, you know, how can I use this degree that I worked really hard for? And, um, so I ended up starting as like a VA and um, very quickly figured out that, you know, I wanted to do a lot more than that and was able to do that um, and ended up doing project management for agencies and companies who were managing large clients and um, teams of people. And so that's kind of what I've been doing for 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. The project management, like in a, a little bit, and I've done ghostwriting and I've done copywriting and all sorts of crazy town stuff. So that's sort of the the work progression of like how I took my degree and was like, all right, so I know how to build buildings. Yay. I know yeah. how to work with contractors. Yay. <laughs> and I know how to talk to owners. Yay. Like how can I move that into the online world and support people who are building websites, they're building books, they're building empires, whatever the thing is, like the pieces are still the same, like what you need to know and how yeah, like the general you, building blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Like you still need to know that stuff. So. Huh. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Good for you. It's a very unique, um, like you don't hear that's a thing that maybe most women especially have as their yeah. schooling or as a degree. So that's pretty cool. It was definitely funny. I was in a, the high school I went to was an all girls Catholic college prep. And um, yeah, if before anyone asked, yes, I did have to wear my uniform skirt the entire time I was pregnant because if you didn't do the math, I had a baby when I was a senior in high school. Wow. And, um, the, then when I went from the all girls school, when I went to the construction school, it was all men. Yeah. That's <laughs> totally, total 360. Oh crap. That was me. Sorry. Oh, okay. All good. Yeah. I, I think I'm on the bad Wi-Fi here too, which is It said good. my internet connection was unstable, but I'm hard, I'm hard lined into the box. I live in the sticks. It's just sort of the way it is. <laughs> it's gotta be me. I'm sure it's me. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, from all girl high school to all boys in college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except, you know, I already had a baby. I was like attached. So it's not like it was, you know, yeah, whatever. You're just one of the dudes at that point. I'm it was sure. just one of the dudes. And it was a lot of, um, it was really where I got like, got to do more of like coaching and like tutoring and like teaching people how to write better because the guys were really smart, but they didn't know how to like give presentations or organize mm. a PowerPoint or write a paper. And so I spent a lot of time organizing our team projects wow. and making sure, you know, nice. Like I was always the one that, um, one of the meme that has like the one person that does all the work and the one person that doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I was yeah. always the one that did all the work. Yeah. Doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> I often found myself in very similar positions. 
Thank you, <laughs> bunch of slackers. <laughs> so you guys. So today, are you a entrepreneur then? Like, do you run your own thing? Yes. Okay. Solely and Most don't. Most days I feel like one. Yeah, and don't work for anyone else. Um, other than clients, yeah, yeah, no, I don't work for anyone else. I believe I am completely unemployable because I did have a part-time job when, um, which I'm very grateful for. I took a part-time job when, and um, while I was in Sweden, <laughs> not a good time to lose clients. No. And um, <laughs> while you're on, while you're away. And I um, was like, well, got to, you know, get a job. So I was really, I was very strategic about what I did. So I looked for, um, I looked for something that would be in line with what I was already doing. So like in my head, I was like, I was going to get a job and they were, you know, going to pay part of the taxes or like I was going to be on payroll, but I was still treating them like a client. Okay. Um, like not necessarily as a job and, yeah. or as my employer, but I actually, worked for the people who own 11 hallmarks in and around oh, wow. our area so on my third day on the job i was like hey you know so i have this other thing i've been working on and i really think you'd enjoy my book would you like consider looking at it and thinking about carrying it in the story if you like it <laughs> and um so i brought a copy in and or um not even a copy i explained it and um she's she said yes I want to see it like do you have a physical copy and I was like uh hold on hold on like just hold on hold that thought because I had published it I'd self-published it I think almost what was I think a year before on um I think November of 2016 I had released the ebook oh wow okay and then um and then I thought well at some point I'll do a print version like maybe <laughs> um right but it costs money to do a print run yeah. and like there's all these things like there's so much more to do than just the ebook was easy like yeah. like we're just gonna throw it up there yeah um, I didn't really just throw it up there like I paid <laughs> things <laughs> um <laughs> so she said I want I want it like I want to see it I'm like oh, okay so then I like crash course through three weeks and got it to print in three weeks oh wow after that and it was in shelves so I started like I think I started in August or something like that we had the conversation at the end of August and I think by the end of September or the middle of October because it took a little bit of time to like decide where we're gonna put the stores and stuff um mm -hmm. so by the middle of October my books were on shelves in 11 Hallmark stores wow which is cool. kind of a big deal like massive I deal. the deal I didn't have an agent like so that's kind of a big deal cool um so yeah so I do my own thing so that part um that's the legacy recorder, which is, um, hold on, I got this. It's training. So it's like, it's the how-to of working with someone you love to tell their life story. So if you've ever thought about working with mom, grandma, if grandma has ever said, I like, I really want to tell my story, but I don't know how. And you've thought, oh, that would be really cool, but it sounds really hard. And I don't know how to do this. And I don't mm -hmm. even like go ask and maybe you've looked at story corps you've been like oh that's really cool but it's not quite what i want i've created the thing you need wow neat and that's what the legacy recorder is that's really cool actually so that so it's a book and the book walks you through the steps 
Yeah, so the book walks you through the steps. I It's also an e-course if you want to do an e-course instead with like videos. Um, I just wanted it to be accessible. I mm-hmm. wanted it to be something that you didn't have to pay thousands upon thousands of dollars for. You didn't have to hire a ghostwriter because by that point I had already like done a lot of ghostwriting for people and hiring a ghostwriter is really expensive. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted tricky I'm sure too a little tricky it takes a lot of time it's very intimate like it's a massive commitment to do that um and I just it was really important to me in a lot of um a lot of ways so I really like that that's neat so what sparked that whole thing (laughs) so (laughs) um (laughs) all right so it's a short version. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad passed away six, how many weeks? A week after my 18th birthday and six weeks after my daughter was born. Wow. Um, and he went into the hospital a week after she was born and never came out again. Oh, wow. Right. So we have all of three pictures <laughs> of him with her. Um, so that was like a massive catalyst. So I really started working on legacy in, I started doing it in 2015, October of 2015. Um, and it actually, it happened because of blab. (laughs) Good old blab. And for those listening who probably have no clue. Blab I know, I feel was, like we need, to, we need to do an aside. Like, yeah, you always note. have to like explain kind of because people are like, well, what's that? I don't even know how to explain Blab. It's like if you've watched a Facebook Live. Oh, you do? Okay, go. Do. I'll let okay. you do it. <laughs> so, so, okay. <laughs> so you're listening to this. Imagine, imagine that you could like, you, it, it, what it felt like was that you were walking into someone's living room and four of your friends were sitting and having a conversation and you could swap out at any time and anyone could pop in and join the conversation and it just like flowed and you could like chat in the chat and it just there was just like this community feel they did an incredible job of creating and attracting people who wanted community and who wanted to interact with each other on a really 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 raw level yeah like great not censored like just it's literally where my friends were yeah and that was my entire social life too (laughs) which you know like is sad when I look back like it was it was for me it was honestly it was life-saving like nothing short of Mm life-saving and um so October 2015 um this a woman named Lori Webb uh she did the big 168 so she did 168 hours of excuse me straight live streaming on Blab (laughs) wasn't it it's crazy right (laughs) amazing and she's an incredible 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 human yeah that's um, wild and in so she like it was during entrepreneur week and she lived in Copenhagen at the time and um her, so her her section that she was doing from on my hours where it was like one in the morning mm-hmm. and so one in the morning <laughs> I'm on this blab and it was basically are we allowed to cuss can we yeah, do that? yeah 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 okay <laughs> so um I don't consider shit a cuss word but I thought I should ask yeah <laughs> So it was basically a pitch your shit, like, segment, like, like you could just get on and pitch your shit. Right. And and I got, like, we, 
I don't think I don't remember if I, I think, I don't remember if I actually got on camera. I must have at some point. But anyhow, so we get on and there wasn't anyone else in the room. So I just came on and I told her I'd been thinking about going and um, writing letters for people who were in the senior care facilities in the small town where I live because I'd been sort of like walking around noticing that we had a really high demographic of elderly. Okay. And my family was in Arizona. My grandfather has dementia. Both grandparents on my dad's side were gone. My dad was gone. So it's just like there's a lot of death, a lot of dying, a lot of memory loss, a lot of, you know, stress and like babies and just you know, so yeah. <laughs> just, just trying to find something that was like something I can do that's outside of myself, that's talking to someone else and um and is helping them at the same time. Like mm-hmm. it was you know, when I think about it, it was really selfish at the time. Um I really needed it for me. I was like, I could help people too. Yeah. <laughs> and um and so I sort of explained my idea to her and she said, Well, do you really need another volunteer position? Mm. And I was like, mm, probably not. <laughs> she goes, Well, you know, there's no one else here. Why don't we take some time and see if we can find a business plan in here somewhere? Yeah. Oh, cool. And so we did. Wow. And that's the legacy recorder. So she and I did that in the space of about 60 minutes. And like, I ended up working with her for the whole next year, um, all of 2016, getting it put together and working through all the things. And um, yeah, so as an entrepreneurial venture, like that's the entrepreneurial side. Like for me, that's the new thing that wasn't there before that filled a need Mm -hmm. that I'm, that I created. And um it's, I can say that it's global. So I know that people have bought the books, bought the courses and are doing the things in the UK, in Singapore, Australia, Finland, and there's a couple other countries, but that's all I can think of right now. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. That's super neat. Are you like, do you have one-on-ones? Like, do you talk to people and coach them or anything like that? Or they just take the courses and. For right now, it's mostly just taking the courses. Um, I just closed out and finished up doing a, basically a two and a half year long project. So like every semester was a new project, but I had a, um, it was a, a partnered thing. Sorry, if you're listening to this, I'm making frustrated faces because I'm trying to find words uh, to narrate my actions. A collaboration? <laughs> you collaborated? Yeah, it was like, it was a community partner collaboration. So there were um, students out of a local university. And then um, I was a part of like the nonprofit brought me in as the person to like the tool to like get the pieces put together. Okay. And then, um, and then the facilities was the other component. So I would train the university students and train the staff of like how a legacy project would work and what to expect and all these things. And we train, I trained the students. Uh, this is how you have these conversations. So I basically trained a bunch of little me's. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then they would go in and they work, would work with their resident one-on-one for the course of a semester. And at the end of it, there would be a, um, I would put books together of all of the sto- the summary sessions. Like they would make summaries of each session. And so then there were these stories that um, the residents told and I would put books together. So over the course of 
I think it was two and a half years. I think I trained over a hundred people. And then that meant that there were, I think I've put together a hundred books. And (laughs) that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot, right? It's a lot. And so I learned so many things in doing all of that of like, um, so right now you're talking to me in a massive like transition phase of what I thought legacy was and what it's going to be going forward. And like really um, pulling out the pieces that worked really well that I was able to do really well and how does that translate into um, something that is again attainable that can be quickly and be used in something that um, is really a much shorter timeline because we had people that um, that died in oh, the, wow. like during while the project was happening so yeah. never saw the finished no. product right but what like beautiful things out of that were that the um, one of the um, children of the person who passed away was able to come and sit with the student and they were able to look through the book together and he was able to collect stories from him that they had never heard before and that was something that would never have happened if you know I hadn't had this crazy conversation in the middle of the night for the one the big 68 168 that's really cool isn't that cool it's It's really neat good for you for even like taking because that could have been like yeah okay cool great idea whatever yeah this is amazing and then you could have just been like okay that was fun anyways moving on like and done nothing with it right yeah good for you for like taking what was kind of a crazy idea and this whole made up plan in like the middle of the night (laughs) and turning it into something that's probably changing lives right like oh yeah no it's totally changing lives yeah that's really cool. Yeah, I love Thank it. You. That's awesome. <laughs> What's the drive behind it? Like, what keeps you going with it? Oh, man. I don't feel very driven with it right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's honestly, it's the, um, oh, it's the, it's every time someone, it's every time, not every time, but a lot of times before I even tell someone about legacy. It's like, and you know, if you're listening to this and you have talked to me about a story that was really important to you, I am not making fun of you, I swear. But I feel like I have like, <laughs> tell me your sad stuff across my forehead mm-hmm. because there's just something about me, I guess. Like, I don't know if it's a, I don't know. Like, it's just a, like, I make people feel calm and like safe and I can build a rapport really quickly. And um, it, I just, Every time someone shares a grief story with me or a story that they've never really shared with anyone else or they share a painful thing um, and the fact that they, after they've talked with me, even only for a few moments, that they feel better about whatever it was. And it isn't that it's, I didn't fix anything. Mm -hmm. It's just that they were able to share with someone who like truly heard them, cared about them as a human and was able to say, and, you know, at least acknowledge their pain, even though, you know, we can't take it away. Um, but that's, I have to say that's the drive because every, t- if they haven't initially started off with a grief story, um, it's, you know, they ask me what I do and, you know, so depending on what's going on, I'll talk a little bit about legacy and then, um, and then a, a story always comes out and it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if they like, don't know me 
Yeah. Like, I don't even have to talk about the part where, like, I talk about grief, death, and dying. Like, you know, the anchor just asked, um, what was it? They just posted on Twitter, name, like, tell your, what is it? Your podcast in five words. Yeah, explain your podcast like, in five words. Like, yeah. just now, like, they just did a tweet, like, podcast yeah. in five words. And I was like, uh, I think I put death, storytelling, um, dying, grief, oh, geez. <laughs> hope, <laughs> and epic. Like, that's what I put on there. It was yeah. like, I think that was six words. Anyways, just like the, the drive part is, I think, really that is like, it's seeing that. And then it's also seeing um, people who didn't think they could write, people who didn't think they were good storytellers, people who didn't think they could work with work with anyone or that they were afraid of public speaking and then while working with me through doing legacy and all the other things I do when I bring legacy in um, that they're then able to go and do whatever that thing is quick minute to talk about our awesome sponsors so shout out to our friends at rebel.com rebel.com is a website builder hoster Domain manager, all the things you can get and you need for a website, uh, you can get on rebel.com. Big fan of these guys, amazing company. So go check it out. And if you choose to use any of the services, make sure you use our code BREE, B R E E, all caps locks. And yeah, check it out. <laughs> also, shout out to our friends at BB Collection. You can order online at bbxcollection.com or stop by her adorable little shop in the city of Ottawa if you live nearby uh, in the Byward Market. And again, code BREE, B-R-E-E, super easy, all caps locks. Check it out, bbxcollection.com. Um, so, wow. Yeah. It's powerful stuff and I don't think people realize how kind of simple it is at the end of the day. Like storytelling is everything. It yeah. always has been since the beginning of time. It will continue to be till the end of time. So yeah. but yeah, it's it's awesome that you're getting that stuff out of people because it's hard to that's why I like doing this. Like yes. it's giving people a reason to talk about their things and their story and get it out, like because it's awesome and it it's inspiring for others and whatever helping others and all kinds of things so yeah storytelling super and I really enjoy this because I I spend a lot of time listening and it's something I'm I'm good at listening and that I think a lot of that's why I, I'm good at what I do but yeah um I also like to talk about things <laughs> and I like when people ask me questions it also it makes me giggle and like be really nervous and like sometimes I get nauseous but um <laughs> you know like yeah I I, I, I like talking about what I do, so. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I always feel like it's never that someone doesn't have anything to say. It more has to do with we aren't asking the right questions. Mm. And that's what a lot of legacy is, is, you know, if you ask these questions in a, in a particular order, I have found that regardless of who the person is, you can get a story out of them. And sure. you get a longer conversation that you would never have had otherwise. Yeah, very true. That's yeah. really fascinating. These are people like writing books or they're just writing. What are they doing with the stories they're getting? <laughs> um, so uh, the, the real answer is I don't know. 
Okay. Um, so it really, the, for me, the important part is that they have the conversation. So my goal is that you have the conversation. Like it, because when we say you, it has to be this certain thing or it has to look like this when you're done, there's always going to be something that changes in the middle mm-hmm. and then it isn't the expectations change. So like just like in project management and honestly in client management, it's about managing our expectations. So if from the outset, the expectation is I want to have an incredible or not just not even incredible. I want to have a conversation with a person that I haven't been able to have a conversation with. Mm-hmm. And I need something to help me do that because I don't know how to start that conversation. Right. Whatever comes out of that, like there's, you know, guides and all like tons of articles on the website. Like if you want to go do more stuff and bigger stuff, like that's all in the courses and stuff, but it's more of how to get that storytelling process going, that conversation process going and what that could look like for a family, what it would look like in a facility, what it would look like in a hospice situation. Hmm. And because all of those situations are different. Yeah. I try not to put limits. I just have like a guide. Like if you're in this situation, this is some things I've seen. If you're in this situation, here's a few of those things I've seen. Okay. And here's the things you, you know, should look for. And like, you know, just really sharing like, the journey that I've been on with it and trying to figure it out and what it looks like and, you know, how it can be applied in these different situations. So I know that, um, I know that there's been books out of it. A lot of it is probably one page things that maybe get collected over time. Mm -hmm. That's the main example I suggest. So like the books I did for the, um, the books that were created for the residents, it wasn't that it was a 30 or 40 page book. Yeah. It said it was, like curated like specific pieces like capture moment captures um not memoir like not full-length memoir but like little vignettes like little moments in time right literally like a storybook yeah like a kid's storybook with little segments and chapters and stories yeah something they could probably sit and share in over like coffee or something but that means it's um it's easily consumable. Mm-hmm. It's something that can spark a conversation. And so it isn't, my emphasis isn't on the thing they create. It's on the storytelling and the conversations and the moments that come after. Right. They've done the work. Hmm. That's so. awesome. Yeah. I love it. Who would you recommend this to? Just like kind of everyone and anyone. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of everyone and every, anyone and everyone. Um, and because spoiler alert, we're all going to die. Like, <laughs> like we're dying already like fun fact (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know um but the people that I try to um I hate to say target but um people that I found that really are able to use this the way I envisioned it which of course if you want to use it another way I don't care like go do the thing (laughs) just Mm -hmm. do the thing is important um but activity staff that are in facilities that are working basically anyone who is in the industry and in the business of caring for others because that's where um these interactions I think are getting lost Mm -hmm. so um something I like a little tool thing I came up with is five minute storytelling um originally I was going to call it medicine minutes because Mm -hmm. what I saw in my head was 
someone handing someone their medicine in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to imagine, like, I've, you know, because I've been in the hospital for different things, and I spent a lot of time as a kid with my dad being in the hospital, so I spent a lot of time in hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense when, why you've drummed right? this all up, really. So when they cut, when they would come in and they, like, give you medicine, or, like, they're checking your chart, they either stand there, like, and if, if you're in this situation and you're a staff person, I am not knocking you at all. Yeah. However, as the person who's, like, or, like, as the child watching their parent being in the bed you know, like, and you're just reading the chart, like, yes, you need to do your job. But there's also these moments, like the way you ask the question, like how we talk to each other mm-hmm. in every moment, we can be, you know, valuing that human in every moment mm-hmm. and like, or at least trying to, yeah. like that there's a piece there. So the medicine minute part was like, if you only had two to three, two to five minutes with someone or less, like, how could you start a storytelling conversation? And so I wrote the, I made these pre-written scripts and they're like in these cutesy <laughs> things that my friend Anis um, made for me. And um, anyhow, so those are getting used in a couple different, lots of different places. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. I loved those. Um, <laughs> so people, so facilities, activity staff, um, executive boards that have been trying to find something as a value add in their okay. capabilities in addition it's usually in addition to something that's already being done really well so the way i always present it is that it's not that um it's not that legacy will replace anything it's that'll enhance support and you know sub like complement mm-hmm. programs that are probably already in place and will help staff do their job better yeah just provide some added yeah And the same thing goes for caregivers and for families and like families that are visiting family members and residents Mm -hmm. in care facilities, like, like visitation time. If you are thinking about, Hey, like I really should go see grandma, but I don't know what to talk about. Take legacy with you. Very clever. Right. Yep. I've been there. It's (laughs) you're like, what are we doing? What are we, what are we saying? Yeah, like I don't know what to talk about. Like yeah. I don't have anything in common with this person. Yeah, I don't even just, know who they are. You're like, okay, so yeah, right. how's your day? And they're like, shitty, because I'm in here. And you're like, yeah, like right. life is terrible. Like, what do you, what do you think it's like? Here, awesome. let's talk about the weather. Um, so I do all this digital stuff that will make zero sense to you. So <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like that's where legacy comes in. That's so, awesome. you know, it's not that you have to go do this great long project, but it's like, you're go- you want to spend this time with this person. Like, how can we make that more meaningful and be intentional about the time we spend with each other? Hmm. And there's, so there's that level at the adult level. And then I started creating stuff for kids. <laughs> so there's a whole like kids legacy hunt, scavenger hunt thing. So like you have, um, you have you know you take your kids to the family dinner and like you have to show up and like but you're really stressed and this is my life by the way (laughs) everyone's really stressed and like the kids are running around and Mm -hmm. like everyone's freaking out and um something gets broken and you know that just didn't need to happen because we had legacy hunt (laughs) running around having conversations oh clever very clever yeah so clever (laughs) So that's who legacy is for. Wow, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I'm just impressed. It's really cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I had you on here to ask you these questions. Me too. <laughs> Let's talk about um, your little YouTube situation right now and all of the stuff on grief. What, what's the deal with that? <laughs> what are you doing yeah. over there? Yeah, you, you, wow, you met me at a really funny time. <laughs> so for anyone listening, poor Brie, she walked into Gail's world when she was talking about grief because in August, at the end of August, um, what is it, August 30th? I don't remember what day now. Anyhow, people are working on making it be um, National Grief Awareness Day in okay. the U.S. There is already a National Grief Awareness Day in the U.K. Okay. So that's what was happening. And so um, what Bree's referencing is that I went live almost every single day of August and talked about some aspect of grief, and which is kind of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I pretty much took almost all of September off because it was, you know, it's just very draining. Um, no kidding. That's yeah. <laughs> so that's what was happening <laughs> with that. Um, that's why that was going on. But usually it's... Um, Usually the content is like lighthearted to a degree. So like I've done whole videos just on, um, oh, I used to do these tweet chats. So I did, um, mm -hmm. I called them legacy chat and it was like uh, basically the series of questions that I have as a part of my process um, based around different things. So like your favorite Apple memory your favorite pirate <laughs> memory for talk like a pirate day. Oh, cool. They just redid those and um, just like fun things, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what was happening over on YouTube. <laughs> what, uh, just speaking of that, cause I think that's a whole other thing and we can have yeah. a whole other podcast conversation about it, but like what came from that? Do you think like, did anybody reach out to you? Like what did you find it had good, uh, from the specifically from the Twitter chat, um, or the videos. So, um, from the videos, um, yeah. I mean, I think stuff came from the videos. Like, I'm trying to think of something concrete, but I think it's more of a. Um, it's very much what I'm working on and what I'm doing and what I'm talking about. It's all very much a long game. Okay. So it's most of the time when people find me, they either feel like they found me too late or they didn't find it. They haven't, they don't know it's a problem yet. Okay. And so when it comes to someone finding legacy and knowing they need legacy, they have to be in a, like in a lot, they're, they're usually in a lot of pain mm -hmm. and it takes a long time for people to, especially when we're, when it's, when they're just watching me on a Facebook page or just watching me on YouTube, like, it takes some time for them to decide, okay, I'm going to reach out to this person. Yeah. Um, so as far as the Twitter chat goes, the, it was okay. Like it's what I loved about Twitter and doing it there is that I'd get these random people that would just pop in mostly because of the topic hashtag. So it was never because it was like a good Twitter chat, which it was a good <laughs> Twitter chat. If anyone wants to know, it was fun. <laughs> Someday I'll do it again, but I did it weekly for almost two years. Oh, wow. Good right. It was crazy town. Um, I don't know how I missed it. How, how <laughs> I did know. I miss that? Like, I have no idea, but I like got to some of the people who are like my 
massive massive supporters that like 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 you know like everything they call them my web warriors so like they show mm-hmm. up and they like, like everything they share everything I found them on Twitter and I yeah. found them because I was doing this tweet chat yeah I have a lot um, of that too so and then with the with the lives it with the grief stuff it's you know it's from a marketing perspective it's a way to stay top of mind but it's all it's a lot to ask someone to sit in their pain Mm -hmm. and like especially like through August when I was like literally I tried to do some like interspersed like a little more a little more up (laughs) (laughs) like like, let's let's put some hope in here tough subject (laughs) but yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know um so it's just yeah, those are those ones are hard. Yeah. So okay. Well, I just thought I would ask. It it's it's a really neat question because it's one of those things that I always ask myself, like, is this helping? And it a lot like there's there were a lot of private messages. There were a lot of like, you know, someone would comment and like say thanks for, you know, thanks for this. So there was a lot of that stuff. So and those are like um I count those as wins. Yeah. So Plus my biggest thing always is like yeah. you have no idea who's watching and never saying literally anything yeah. so people for years have watched my stuff and then randomly they'll send me an instagram message and be like i've been watching you forever like that you're so whatever whatever and they say like the nicest things and you're like what who are you yeah exactly who are you and pardon like okay it's <laughs> really really sweet and i appreciate it but what <laughs> But I think, didn't this, um, I think this interview, like us meeting on the, doing the podcast that came out of one of those lives I was doing. So I was doing these grief ones and like someone was like, Hey, I will like, I want to get on and do this with you. I was like, okay, let's do it. And then I was like, Hey, we should bring these other people in. And I was like, okay, (laughs) let's go. Yeah. So like, I mean that was, yeah. So like that for me, that was massive. Yeah. Like, cause the mental health episode we did, like that was, we had a like we're up to I think we're for me that's a lot of a big number hmm. like 300 views 400 views now wow yeah that is good yeah which is like that's not normal for me no and it's also alert. a long it's a pretty it's very long, long chat it was an hour yeah so I mean that's pretty good I'll take Wait, that as a win <laughs> when I've trained my people that it's like five to ten minutes yeah. like I'm done like in ten minutes because personally like for anyone who's listening who watches me on YouTube or Periscope or Legacy or Facebook, wherever the heck you're listening or watching to me, the reason I go so short is because I try to get through it without crying. Huh? And so that's about as like, you know, that's about as long as I can go before I like need to stop because I'm like, I'm overheating, I'm freaking yeah. out. Like, <laughs> exactly. yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like I can't believe I'm talking about this. Sweating. <laughs> pretty much yeah pretty much <laughs> that's awesome okay are you ready for the final six questions oh man yeah let's do it ask everyone these last questions okay They're just kind of fun ones so okay if you could be a member of any tv sitcom family which would it be oh my gosh <laughs> your face <laughs> i'm making a horrified face so you know what's going on over here um tv sitcom mm-hmm. do like I whatever any kind of I don't see the definition. <laughs> can I have a definition, please? Can I ask a yeah, can I phone a friend? <laughs> I phone I'm not friend? sure about this question. No, um, I don't know. Like, can I say the West Wing? Sure. Okay, I want that. Okay. You can live there. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you were invisible and could go anywhere, where would you go? What? Oh my God. <laughs> if I was invisible. Oh. Okay. Not a specific place, but I would go somewhere where women weren't allowed. Mm. Yeah. Good. Good call. Just anywhere. And not the men's locker go. room. Ew, like no. somewhere cool that I wasn't allowed to go. Yeah, totally. Like those, uh, whether they like smoke cigars and play poker or whatever, ah. it's like men's only. Sneak yeah. on in there. <laughs> I'd go there. That'd be awesome. Would you rather be able to copy and paste in real life or undo in real life? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, oh, that's a 50 50. Mm-hmm. Like, copy and paste would be good if I could copy and paste myself and like I didn't lose you know the integrity of my copy paste because that's what happens when we copy paste shit or like when we xerox shit true um if the iterations were like okay that but man that undo button that undo mm. button's pretty wicked control z is amazing <laughs> so like I don't know mm. but then it's hard then they're like oh Gail no you wouldn't actually undo anything yeah exactly <sighs> I like that one. That was good. It's a good one. What are you freakishly bad at? Oh, um, this is really embarrassing. (laughs) Um, I am really bad about remembering personal details and people's names. Oh my God, me too. Like, but but the line of work I'm in, Brie. Like, Yeesh. you really need to remember this shit. Like, it's bad. Probably. Like, I yeah. can remember that some, like, I can remember the pain point. Like, I can remember the pain part that you mentioned to me. But, boy, I sure can't remember Timmy, Jimmy, and Tommy. Like, oh, yeah. And I don't know what their ages are. Like, it's just, I, I just don't store that information in my brain. Like, I'm just, but I'm always really upfront about it. And I'm just like, listen we can have this conversation. I'm going to remember the conversation. I'll be able to ask you how you are and how that, how that thing's going in six months. But for the love of God, I won't remember your name Yeah, or where we were or how I know you. <laughs> I am the same way. It's terrible. I, the people who are like, oh, hey, Jenny, how's Bob and how's Sam and how's the cat James? And you're like, what? Like, how do you, where is that information kept and why do I not have that file folder? Like, I need someone like, um, who's the, what's her name? Oh, come on, Gail. Um, in The Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. How Anne Hathaway is running around, like, whispering in her ear. Yeah. Yeah, we all need that. I need yeah. that person. With, <laughs> exactly. with the book, the binder. With the binder. Yeah. <laughs> like, and okay. I do, I like, I make notes. And that's how you get stored in my phone is like where I met you and what we talked about. Well, that's good. Otherwise, I'm I'm just lost. I need to. That's smart. At least you do that. (laughs) I try. Clever. (laughs) (laughs) What product would you stockpile if you found out they weren't going to sell it anymore? Oh. Hmm. What product would I stockpile if I found out they wouldn't make it anymore? Mm. I think once upon a time, I probably would have said Nutella, <laughs> um, but I've since gone gluten-free, so eating, like, Nutella on bread just isn't as exciting for me anymore, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and I have a perfume I love that, like, 
I stockpile when I go to Dublin. Oh, wow. um, But then it goes bad. So like that doesn't actually work. So probably spices. (laughs) I would probably stockpile spices or maybe Mm. chocolate. Oh yeah, chocolate. But it would go bad. Like there's this part of me like, I know it's going to go bad. So like, why would I stockpile it? In a perfect world, it stays fine forever and ever and ever. I stockpiled books already. So I like didn't include that, but probably books. Hmm. No more books. Gail's like, nope, nope, nope. Don't give me all the books. Give me all the books. Love it. And the final question is, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? I should really time you. Wait. I'm going to time you to get a timer open here. Where is it? (laughs) Just thought of this right now. I should probably time people. You Good idea. Time people. <laughs> okay. 30 seconds on the clock. Go. Your story matters. Your story matters. Your story matters. Your story matters. <laughs> your mom's stories matter. Your dad's stories matter. Talk to the women in your life. Their stories matter. They think you don't care. They think you don't want to listen. They think that they're not important enough and you need to ask the questions because they love you. You love them and their story matters. Nice. You did it with 10 seconds to spare. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Love it. <laughs> I would have just kept shouting in yeah. the microphone. <laughs> stories, everyone. <laughs> All the stories. All the stories. <laughs> well, do you have anything that I should have asked but didn't that you want to add? No. I don't <laughs> <No>. think so. <laughs> okay. And if people want to find all the things, where do they go? Uh, let's see. So the easiest one to remember is probably the legacyrecorder.com. Um, if you search Gail Gilliland, it'll show up. I show up on Google. Woo! <laughs> so there is a gailgilliland.com, but there's a lot of L's and a lot of vowels. Um, so the legacyrecorder.com is probably... I mean, it's not super complicated because I can always find you. So Gilly... <laughs> Gilliland, if you think about it that way, Gilly, you'll find Gilliland. It. It's like Gilligan, except not. So it's Gale, like, you know, the Gales, like Gaelic. So it's G-A-E-L. <laughs> and um, my last name is G-I-L-L-I-L-A-N-D.com. Yeah. Cool. It's pretty simple. Yeah. And it'll all be in the show notes. So realistically, you guys don't even have to think about it. You just, yeah. just scroll go on down and click. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, Gail. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you all for listening and uh, stay tuned for the next one, I guess. Bye, Gail. Bye. (laughs) You guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Amazing Humans podcast. I appreciate you more than you could even ever know. If you enjoy this podcast, please think about reviewing and subscribing and share it out on your social media profiles. We would really, really appreciate it because every new listener is someone we can inspire. So thank you again. Bye.